This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. I want to talk more here about the aftermath of the massacre Sunday night at a mosque in Quebec City. Six people murdered, many others injured after a gunman burst in and started shooting. Police have charged 27-year-old Alexander Bissonnette with six counts of first-degree murder. And at this point, five counts of attempted murder. Uh, sounds like the door is still open. comes to laying more charges, maybe additional attempted murder charges, maybe even some terrorism-related charges, because certainly this has been described as an act of terrorism, although no terrorism-related charges have yet been laid. So we're starting to get a clear idea of what happened and also a clear idea of, of who Alexander Bissonnette is. Although it is a murky picture, uh, certainly there are indications that he became interested in far-right politics. We've heard different accounts from people who knew him, people who interacted with him, either at Laval University or various online and social media forums, who've described the kinds of things he liked to talk about, the sorts of comments he made. I know people have tried to go through his own Facebook page and his own Facebook feed and see what he was interested in and try to draw conclusions from that as well. But at this point, there's not a, a stereotypical hard-right, far-right militant. That kind of a picture really hasn't emerged of Alexander Bissonnette. But it does seem as though he was maybe getting drawn into that world. And I wanted to talk a bit about what that world looks like, the state of far-right politics in Quebec, and the impact this shooting is going to have. Uh, joining us uh, on the line is someone who follows this very closely. Uh, Maxime Fissette is, in fact, himself a former neo-Nazi now studies extreme right radicalization at Laval and is a consultant with the Center for the Prevention of Radicalization Leading to Violence. Maxime, thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to the program. Hey. I should ask you first of all, I mean, had you ever yourself encountered uh, Alexander Bissonnette? Do, do you know much about him? <clears throat> well, um, no. Uh, surprisingly, even though I study at the same university, uh, I, I've not even read across him because I, I do most of my classes online. While, uh, well, I don't know for him. I know that he has taken at least one class online that I could have been in the same cohort as he was, but I, I've never met him. Actually, I've never heard his name before the shooting. Interesting. Um, so, first of all, I should ask you, I mean, what, what's been the reaction, as you can tell, from, from some of these far-right groups in Quebec to, to what happened on Sunday? How are they reacting to it? <clears throat> well, you, you know, far-right groups got to do far-right stuff. So when something like this happens, and that, you know, and so when the word terrorism is used, and it's the right word here, trust me, um, they're going to distantiate themselves uh, from what happened because, of course, they they want to be a legitimate player uh, in everyday politics. So, if of course, if they condone violence, they're going to be you know pushed aside. While on the other hand, if <clears throat> if they condemn violence, they they will you know appear less radical mm-hmm. and maybe seem more legit. So th- that's where they're playing right now. So they're trying to distance themselves from it. Yes, so they, they're, they're they not, do, but yeah, exactly. They, they do try to distinguish themselves. There, there's no blatant or open celebration of what happened. Well, there's been several people, and, and I do mean individuals, who have said very audible things, such as "It's about time." So you see, mm-hmm. this kind of thing. Some people have said those, but the groups themselves. 
never even openly admit their racist views. So it, it is unsurprising that they would never allow themselves to celebrate openly this kind of tragedy. Um, are, are, are these groups based in Quebec City? How much of this movement is concentrated in Quebec City? About half of the province far-right movement are from the region uh, around Quebec City. <clears throat> uh, Montreal has its fair share also, <clears throat> but it, it's getting you know um, increasingly hard for um, Montreal uh, far-right uh, far uh, activists to be active be because of uh, a very strong anti-fascist presence. Well, in Quebec City, uh, you know, anti-racist and anti-fascist movements are much more scarce, so they're you know, kind of having a field day in the street. And, and uh, of course, uh, there's this big thing about the radio here. Everybody says that they're Radio Poubelle. They're not that bad, but of course, there's a reason why our radios are, you know, leaning to the right. So the extreme right is, you know, comfortable here. What is it they stand for? Well, you know, it's kind of complicated to explain. <clears throat> the thing with the extreme right, the difference between the right and the extreme right is not only in the means that they are willing to use, it's also in the way they're trying to put up their politics. While the right is you know, kind of honest about what they believe in, <clears throat> the extreme right, on the other hand, is hiding their true political agenda, which is hatred and, and maybe even, you know, some... <clears throat> stuff from the Nazi book, they're trying to hide this before, you know, uh, be behind a veil of uh, legitimate, legitimate discourse. So sometimes they're going to pass as right, sometimes they're going to pass as left, but they're never going to admit that they hold racist views, and that, that, that's what is the most pernicious about them. Are, are these largely francophone groups? Is, is there, are they certainly rap? up in, in Quebec culture, French culture? Uh, you would like me to say yes, perhaps, but no. <clears throat> uh, I, can even, even you, um, I can even point you an expert. Um, you know, in English Canada, he's called Daniel Gala. He, uh, he's, uh, you know, he's doing his master in sociology. Uh, he's a former, too. And, uh, you know, there are several right-wing groups that are very violent uh, in Ontario, in Alberta, even in British Columbia. So, no, uh, Quebec does not have a monopoly of this kind of groups. But they're, I, I'd say they are more visible here. And, of course, they largely benefit from, you know, the nationalist discourse that is still very common in the province. But they're everywhere, in every Western country. You know, yeah. you, you just lift a rock and they're underneath. Well, they are. And I, I just wonder, because I, I suspect you might find some far-right groups out in Western Canada that, that might harbor anti-French or anti-Quebec sentiments. I, I wonder, though, if there, there's overlap still between far-right groups in Quebec and far-right groups elsewhere in Canada. <clears throat> no, they don't really communicate. Uh, you know, I, I'm not a nationalist myself, not anymore, but Quebec really has this distinct thing. So uh, back in my time, we did have some contacts with, you know, uh, Terry Tremaine and Paul Fromm. Right. I, I, I even had contacts with David Duke in the U.S., and I wow. was a moderator on Stormfront. But, you know, uh, Quebec right-wingers don't really mess uh, with, you know, the rest of Canada. How did you get drawn into it? Uh, <clears throat> I was... Uh, young and naive and i was looking for answers like everybody but i was younger when i was in this quest 
and I met the skinheads in Saint-Fouet, like maybe five minutes away from the mosque that was attacked. And they, they just pointed me in the right direction. They led me to Stormfront and other, you know, uh, nationalist, uh, uh, white nationalist BS websites. And uh, since I was, you know, I was buying for, you know, I was on the market to, for answers. I just bought it. It, it made sense with my nationalist background and, you know, the ideas that I already held. So I just, you know, I accepted this and I got stuck into it. And how far of a leap is it from there to, to committing acts of violence? Because obviously what happened Sunday is still a pretty rare event, but still that someone would be capable of it. How, how does that happen, do you think? Well, it takes time. You know, radicalization is not something that happens in a week. It may take months, years even. Like, do you know why they train soldiers for months, even years before they send them to the front? It's because everybody has a mental, like, uh, off switch in their brains that just snaps when they're about to commit murder. In the case of Bissanet, it appears that the switch didn't snap. So, um what it takes is lots of pain uh, and a, a very, you know, Manichaean worldview. And you have to believe that you, of everyone, are right about the state of the world. So it, it, it's a very dangerous mix, you know, not having this switch, uh, believing that you're right, uh, believing that everybody is against you and feeling lots of pain. At some point, it may lead someone to very dark places, let's say that. All right, really interesting. Maxime Oliba there. Thank you so much for joining us here today. Thanks for sharing this with us. It's been a pleasure. All right, take care. Uh, that's Maxime Fassette. Uh He studies uh, extreme right radicalization at the University of Laval uh, and is also a consultant with the Center for the Prevention of Radicalization Leading to Violence in Montreal. And so his sense of, of where the, the far right in Quebec is at and the impact uh, that, that Sunday's tragedy has had. 403-974-8255. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.